Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco's Sunday Morning Worship Service Podcast. For more information or downloads of previous audio services, go to uusf.org. While you're there, check out our monthly newsletter, Weekly Flame, and much, much more. Mother's Day, Mother's Day. It is this incredibly hard day to celebrate collectively. I just need to name because among us in this gathered congregation and all the places we are right now, there are people who never knew their mother, some who wished they never had, some who miss their mothers in the ache that they feel every day, maybe at an appointed hour when the two would talk like some unbreakable law of time and love. There are those who wished to be biological mothers and who still struggle with the excruciating and often silent challenges of infertility and miscarriages. My grandmother had a ring that she wore all the time with five stones for the children she'd had. But you have only four kids, I said once as a small child. No, Vanessa, there was one I lost at birth. So much that makes Mother's Day complicated. And now, especially, We are a nation of people, many of whom fear for our mothers. With this virus that hits the older populations hardest. And there are some among us who have already lost a parent in these days for any number of reasons and who must mourn in the strangest and most distant of ritual ways that must make grief and healing all the more complicated to hold and heal from. What a complicated layered day Mother's Day always is, but how especially complicated right now. And it's also true that no matter what Mother's Day we're in the midst of, it's always this chance, this opportunity to hold in our arms our bundle of what mothers and mothering has meant to us. How the days went, Audre Lorde writes, While you were blooming within me, I remember each upon each the swelling, changed planes of my body, and how you first fluttered and then jumped, and I thought it was my heart. 
How the days wound down and the turning of winter, I recall with you growing heavy against the wind, I thought, now her hands are formed. And her hair has started to curl, and now her teeth are done, and now she sneezes. And then the seed opened, and I bore you one morning, just before spring, My head rang like a fiery piston. My legs were the towers between which a new world was passing. A mother is always the beginning, author Amy Tan wrote. She's where things begin. Indeed, Mother's Day begins always and everywhere, somewhere, with the reality so vividly captured by Lord of life taking shape, right? Of this slow awakening of a mother to the slow and unfolding of a child, the powerful act of birth, the sheer mad miracle of survival that mother or child will live to tell. It all starts there. If it goes on to be a story of a mother handing her child into the arms of another to raise it, or of a mother lost in childbirth because it's still the case that the time of giving birth will be a woman's most medically vulnerable time in her life, even now, for those who go through it, or if it begins in that sweet and diverse array of what family can look like, we can still bow our heads, we can all still tip our hats, say a moment of witnessing to whatever body gave birth to our own. Thereafter, the layering on of experiencing of what mothering means or what it doesn't takes on as many shapes and forms as there are lives that have lived. In the New York Times Friday, there were short excerpts of interviews that Deborah Weiner did of famous people, of artist Nick Cave, of... TV producer and writer Deb Spera of dancer Charlene Gem McDougall interviews about their mothers. These remembrances were of mothers who struggled against poverty, but insisting on creative possibilities. There was a mother who struggled with her own and through her own demons of alcohol abuse and suicidal moments to be reborn, sober and accomplished and embracing of life. These were mothers who, like almost all mothers, weren't always perfect, but taught their children truths that will endure, that have endured long after they themselves have left the earth. Of course, for most of us, whoever filled the role of mother was formative. Biological or adopted, stepmothers or foster moms. Well, the truth is even moms who are absent formed us in their absence. These mothers, their good shaped our good. 
And what we perceived as their shortcomings informed our sense, too, of how we would choose to live, didn't it? And if they had the chance, they passed along the wisdom that they'd gathered along the way for us to take with us. One particular truth, one piece of wisdom my mom knew or had gathered and then blessed me with was the clear sense that, as she put it, you could never have enough mothers. In other words, she, she wasn't going to be stingy with me and the world. If I was in the care of other women, if they loved me and I loved them, if they shaped me and I adored or imitated them in one way or another, she wasn't going to be jealous. That would be a gift for me and so for her also. And I was lucky. I did have more than one mother. There was one for sure who was head and shoulders more present and more responsible for who I am, my biological mother, the mother whose body I have, the one whose quirks life's great karma is slowly making into my own quirks, but also whose best qualities, most of them, I am lucky to have imprinted on my being. But other people shaped me, two aunts most notably. One who was, Aunt Anne, extravagant and flamboyant in sharp contrast to my mom who was careful and elegantly understated. Another, another aunt who delighted in people and food, in entertaining and decorating at the holidays, in big cuddles over Friday night movies in the living room. Most important of all, though, for my growth, I think it was just that both women loved me. Just because, or so it seemed, and that both saw in me things to delight in that I didn't know were cause for delight until I saw it in their response to me, in their cherishing. Who shaped you? Who loved you for no apparent reason? Because if I were to think of what mothering is, part of the ideal would be the person who delights in us and teaches us to delight in ourselves. For Pat Mora, a poet who grew up in El Paso, a teacher played that role. She wrote in the poem we read this morning, I remember the first day how I looked down hoping you wouldn't see me. And when I glanced up, I saw your smile shining like a soft light from deep inside you. I'm listening, you encourage us. Come on, join our conversation. Let your neon certainties thorny doubts, tangled angers. But 
For weeks, I hid inside. I read and reread your notes, praising my writing, and you whispered, we need you, and your stories, and questions, like that fresh path that will take us to new vistas. Slowly, your faith grew into my courage, and for you, instead of handing you a note or apples or flowers, I raised my hand. Life can grow up between the cracks in the sidewalk or under the most trying of circumstances. Even gorgeous, fruitful, loving life can. If anyone read Educated, the memoir by Tara Westover about her growing up, you know one story, just one, about how resilient life is. Westover born to survivalist parents in the backwaters of Idaho. She grew up unschooled and never going to hospitals. With a level of risk and brutality that is jarring. But she survived, went to college, writes and loves and lives well. There are lots of those stories. They are ours, too. So life doesn't need tender care, but there is something gorgeous that happens to life when it is observed and tended with care. And when who we are is reflected back to us through love, Mora's teacher was that person, both this loving companion for a time. But I'd argue that part of the power of that person was also, as is so often the case for us, that they give us evidence also of who or what we might meet in the world. And so a trust or confidence to step into it. These people, they're mentors, but they're not just mentors. They're, they're ballast. They're talismans. I carry your smile and faith inside, writes the poet, like I carry my dog's face, my sister's laugh, creamy melodies, the softness of sunrise, steady blessing of stars, autumn smell of gingerbread, the security of a sweater on a chilly day. Who do you carry with you? like a smile or a soft sunrise or a warm sweater on a chilly day? Who, who looked hard enough to really see you and then waited attentively until you let some part of you out from its hiding places?
For me, one of those people would be Ms. Miley, who we called Smiley behind her back. She took one tall, awkward, skinny eighth grade kid and provided what I would call a holding place for her all the way through high school. She did that for lots of us. Ms. Miley laughed at way too many of my stupid jokes and antics. And she was also the one who would regularly tell me to stop my foolishness and focus. She took chances on me long before I had really proven myself, and at the same time, she never put undue pressure on me to be anything but a kid trying to do my best. Ms. Miley was fiercely competitive, and we on the volleyball team knew that. We knew she loved winning, and we loved winning too. But when we lost, there was no big drama or berating, no shaming. Life went on, and it went on with a sense that we would all get another chance at the net, so not to dwell on loss. In all the torturous years of high school, there was one place that felt super easy, and one person who made it easy. One person who taught me without ever explicitly teaching it that life could be important but not tie you in knots. Who taught you to live with joy and resilience? Who made a holding place for you to rest in? There are mothers, Garrison Keeler would say, and also others. We celebrate both of them for the similar work that they do in the world. And we give thanks for the mothers and others for the bodies that brought us into this world, that radical commitment of flesh and being, for those we called mother, for her gifts and how she shaped us, the good and the rough hands too, all of which taught us who we wanted to be and how. Then for all the other mothers, the aunties and the grandmothers, the best friends, moms who set a place for us at their tables too. And finally for that big, gorgeous world of sacred others, all of them, all of you, all of us, the teachers and the coaches and the neighbors and the strangers who stumbled into our lives and the mentors and the big brothers and sisters for all of the people who loved us for no apparent reason, loved us into being the ones we carry with us like the softness of a sunrise, part of our faith in ourselves and the world who held, as the poet said, the thread of you flowing through selves toward you.
Bless them all. Bless us all. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. listening to this podcast of the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco Sunday morning worship service. For more information or downloads of previous audio services, go to uusf.org. While you're there, check out our monthly newsletter, Weekly Flame, and much, much more.